Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Coming back and talking all things NFL. Uh, let's start with Alex. A week is a long time uh, in football, and there's certainly been a lot happening um, in and around the game this week. Oh, yeah. Gotta love uh, preseason training. It brings out a lot of fun, brings out a lot of news, and brings out a couple injuries, apparently. <laughs> Stacey, uh, you were poking fun at me uh, before we started tonight with, uh, yeah, a little bit of a curse that I may have placed on a particular um, Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Poor Carson. Poor Carson. The dude just can't stay healthy. And I feel like you jinxed him because we literally said, it's, this will only work if Carson Wentz can stay healthy. And I said, do you think that can happen, though? And you were pretty certain that that could happen. And yet here we are, um, and he needs surgery on his foot. Was it five out for five to twelve weeks? Yeah, I think that uh, yeah, that foot is is definitely broken. Needs surgery. I think he's going to be out for quite a few months. And now uh, the Colts scramble for for a plan B and C. Uh, things are looking quite grim, um, especially for that division, the AFC South. It's uh, it's got quite a few issues. So you know, if they can get a little bit creative, I think they can still do something. But yeah, I, I do apologise to the Carson uh, Wentz family for uh, for the for the curse that we put on him there. Um, all right, guys, let's jump into it. So uh, in our first segment tonight, we're going to be talking um, all what we do is we, we pick out a particular player to focus in on. And uh, based on the preseason that we've, we've had, there's only one player uh, that, we, that we could have chosen uh, for tonight's show. Uh, let's, let's jump into it. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Rodgers going to air it out. Ready play action. What separates really good players from great players? The biggest game is the greatest stage. I think that's what playing quarterback's all about. Welcome to All Ball, uh, where we pick out a particular player to focus in on. And guys, who else but uh, our Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, will be our focus for tonight. Plenty of drama. I, I guess, you know, year on year, there's always a bit of drama with uh, with Rodgers. But this uh, preseason, uh, things escalated quite a little bit, Alex. Yeah, they did. I mean, don't get me wrong. When there was trade rumors, you know, with him going and everywhere, you know, I need to start with saying that I'm a Bear, Chicago Bears fan and I support anybody that supports the – I support anybody that plays against the Packers, right? Chicago Bears and anyone who plays against the Packers. So, for me, you know, there's not a lot of love lost between Rodgers and myself, to be honest. Um, I think when there was trade rumors kind of buzzing about him, I was very excited um, you know, I thought maybe this was a time for the Bears and, and Fields to come in and or maybe even Andy Dalton at some point to kind of lead the Bears to the top of top of their division. But, you know, looks like he's kind of sticking around, which is a bit of a bummer, but he's definitely caused some buzz in the offseason. Stacey, let's let let's take it all the way back uh, for Rogers. Obviously, he he was seen as as quite a quite a significant talent coming through. Um, what can you tell us a bit about you know some of the college ball that that Aaron played and and you know a little bit about his journey into the NFL? Yeah, look, you know he um he coming out of high school he didn't actually receive many offers, um, which you know was it wasn't surprising because he was an undersized quarterback. You know, he was only five foot ten. Um, he really wanted to play for Florida. Uh, didn't get in and ended up at Butte Community College. So I went down the JUCO route. 
Um, and then he transferred to Cal Berkeley um, because of an academic scholarship. Um, and I think he, he started there straight away. But the funny thing was he wasn't actually picked to be um, a high take in the draft. The 49ers, yeah. right? And 49ers decided, hey, you know, Rogers is a little bit too much of a gamble. We're going to go with Alex Smith in our draft, and Alex Smith went number one. Yeah. But even before that, though, when he was at Butte, um, he didn't even get the call up to Cal Berkeley. It was just that their head coach was down there scouting their tight end. Um, so it was, you know, kind of uh, an amazing sort of, you know, pick up by the scout there. But moving into, you know, his his uh, his college career, you know, he's had five times where he threw over 300 yards um, per game, which is massive. And his interception percent- percentage was like only 1.6%. That's just craziness. And that's one thing that you, I've always um, admired about Rogers is his lack of interception percentages. They're, they're so key. He went on to finish college with 43 touchdowns and he ended up going 24th overall in 2005 uh, to the Packers. Stacey, uh, the NFL is quite an interesting industry because the better you play and the better that you perform in college, the, 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 the worse of a team you end up in. Is there some benefit in some of these quarterbacks sliding to 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 some of these better, I guess, uh, well-run organisations? Is there some benefit in some of these quarterbacks sliding away from some of the more dysfunctional franchises? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, as a new quarterback moving from a, a college level into the NFL, the learning curve is so high. It's so high. Um, and if you have uh, the backup of an organization that puts good stock in having the quarterback be protected and having the talent around to support the quarterback on his journey, if you need him to start straight away out of college, then that is definitely more worthwhile than coming into as a number one draft pick to the worst team in the league. It's, they're the worst team in the league for a reason. Um, you know, and it doesn't, it often doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. Alex, you um, you spoke a little bit about uh, you know Aaron spending a little bit of time behind Brett uh, in the Packers system. You know this this is often the debate that we hear year in year out. You know, should the star rookie quarterback? You know, should you start in week one? Should you ease him into the season? Should you sit him for a year or two? Did Aaron Rodgers get the perfect quarterback apprenticeship? Um, I don't know. I mean, Brett Favre was never going to let him come into that role. Brett Favre, that was Brett Favre's role, right? He he was, Aaron Rodgers was going to sit on that bench for as long as Brett Favre was going to make him sit on that bench. Um, So I I think with that, he probably got a lot of opportunity to watch. He got a lot lot of opportunity to learn the game, um, learn the playbook, really understand the inside and out. But I mean, Stacey and I have talked about this before. I don't think there was not a lot of love lost between Favre and Rodgers. Stacey, looking back at, um, you know, some of the the earlier parts of his career, you know, it it did take him a few years to get over the hump, but what, what you know, before he won that Super Bowl uh, in 2011, but what were some of the things that, you know, sort of stood out to you in terms of Aaron Rodgers' play, you know, because very, very quickly he went from, you know, a talented quarterback to, you know, arguably one of of the best players that we've seen at the position. You know, look, it was, uh, you know, it was a credit to Rodgers, that, you know, he, as Alex said, while Favre continued to do what he did in the starting role, uh, Rogers got to spend a whole heap of time with the new HC, you know, and uh, Mike McCarthy put him through quarterback camp and he spent a whole heap of time running the scout team, you know, just playing as much football as he could and getting as much reps as he could. And he himself contributes that to his success, you know, working that hard, um, you know, he would work the scout team harder, 
then the starting team and the scout team coach would be like, dude, you need to tone it down. He's like, I can't do that. Like that's, this is just the way that I play because I want to be the best. You know, I guess one of the things we've got to try and do is we've got to try and work out, you know, why have the Packers only won, uh, you know, one title? I, I think there's a few things to consider. You know, Green Bay, obviously, they've got a different, uh, you know, ownership structure. They're actually owned by the community, which, you know, there's a lot of positives about that. But, um, you know, that can obviously be quite challenging not having an owner. Um, one of the things that's also been kind of debated is, you know the, the coaching situation. So Mike McCarthy, you know, he copped quite a quite a uh, quite a lot of criticism over the years in terms of not being able to to take them, you know, over the top in, in quite a number of those championship games. And then Stacey, one of the, one of the last things that was that has been quite uh, quite comical, if you will, is the Packers' avoidance or, or their unwillingness to to go out and draft, um, you know, some top end wide receivers uh, for Aaron Rodgers. You know, thinking about where they are, where do you sort of see the blame in terms of why there's only one championship there in Green Bay in recent times? The unique situation of the Packers, like you mentioned, it, that they are the only fan-owned, non-profit sports team in the U.S. professional sports. Um, I don't think that it's an issue with Rodgers. Um, and that just leads into where we've come to with the situation with, you know, his contract right now. You know, I see him as a really selfless player with a really champion mindset, um, you know, and these the drama that surrounded him regarding his contract wasn't that he wanted the most amount of money. He's never said that, you know, I'm the best at what I do. He said, you know, he's quite humble in when he says that I'm a product of the people that I surround myself with. So in that respect, not giving him the support that he's had is an organisation failing rather than a coaching or an Aaron Rodgers problem. Alex, uh, you know, we, we, we've spoken a little bit about it, but let's get into it. You know, in your own words, talk to us about sort of the drama at Green Bay. And- oh, I think I think Stacey kind of touched on it. I think, you know, he he's come out in recent weeks and months even saying, look, you know, and there's talks that he turned down to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, right? And and that shows his humility as a player. As Stacy said, you know, he he wants the money to support the team around him. And I think he wants the money so the organization can go out and go, this is the group of amazing guys we've got around you. Let's go use them and let's go win there. You know, kind of like Brady did when he went down to the Buccaneers. Right. I think Aaron just wants that same respect that Brady's had where Brady's gone. Yeah. Okay. I like these guys here. You know, I want to bring Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, you know, who's going to bring Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, but Tom Brady. Right. So I think Aaron Rodgers just wants the same respect. He wants to be able to help pick the players around him. Um, And I think what's a, a good kind of positive road for him is being able to get Randall Cobb back to the Packers. I think they were great together when, when Rand, he and Randall Cobb were around. And I think, you know, that's that's a stepping stone in the right direction for Green Bay, a stepping stone in the right direction for Rodgers and the fact that he wants a certain personnel around him that are going to help him win another championship. And Stacey, you know, thinking about, um, you know, obviously there, there was a coaching change that occurred, you know, at the Packers with, with Matt LaFleur, you know, sort of coming in. You know, one of the things that I've been a little bit critical of Rodgers is, you know, yes, he does have some, um, you know, really good leadership traits that that tra- that translate on the field. Obviously, he, he he's uh, you know quite quite remarkable in that sense. But you know, sometimes I feel like he gets the politics a little bit wrong off the field because you know he he's his relationship with Matt Lafleur has to be strained at this point in time. Um, however, in in the last couple of years, uh, in in fairness to the new coach, they've had quite a successful record. So I guess my question is. 
who gets the most credit for the recent success at the Packers? And I, and I mean regular season. Obviously, they haven't been able to go on and, and, and win championships. But do you feel like the, it, it's all Aaron Rodgers? Or do you feel like, um, you know, the new coach, uh, Matt LaFleur, deserves some credit in that space? Oh, easy. Matt LaFleur definitely deserves some credit. Definitely deserves some credit. You know, it's it, it potentially wasn't a fact that Rodgers was I mean, Rogers has played exceptionally well, especially last year. Um, but I think Matt Lafleur had a, you know, had a big part in changing the direction of the organization, or the direction of, of you know, their systems and and how they run as a as a team. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, Aaron Rodgers isn't happy at the moment. So who knows how he's going to play? Alex, um, let, let's get into our predictions now. So thinking about the season ahead for the Packers. Um, what's your prediction for them? You know, again, the, the, the ongoing joke for the Packers has been their inability to to uh, draft a, a, a high-level wide receiver. Well, they've gone out and uh, they have drafted Amari Rogers from Clemson. Um, you know, do you think that's going to make an impact? What, what's your prediction for this, you know, after such a dysfunctional preseason, where do you think Green Bay are going to finish uh, this year? Oh, as someone who sits in the same division as they do, I want to say they're going to finish under the Bears this year. Um <laughs> and I will stand by that. You know, I think with the drama and they've got a couple young guns and some um, key positions um, that are going to need to get some game experience under their belt. Um, Roger's going to have to get a feel for them. You know, these young players coming in, they might not know how to handle the drama that Rogers has unfortunately created for the team. I think the vets on his team do. Um, I think it's going to be interesting having Randall Cobb back. Um, I, yeah, I see them finishing under the Bears. That's my prediction. Stacey, what, what's your thoughts on, uh, on on Green Bay? Where do you think they'll finish up? Yeah, look, I think adding in Rodgers um, into that receiving core alongside with Randall Cobb is going to make a big difference. You know, what I liked about Rodgers when he was at Clemson was he was a really good, like, gadget player um, out, out of the slot, right? So he, he, could, he could do a whole heap of things. He could run your, run your motions. He could, you know, um, just run all of those, those, those gadget plays um, that just come off the back and, and what Rogers really does really well is manage those gadget plays. Um, as a quarterback, you'd, you'd love to be able to sling it like Aaron Rodgers um, on those types of plays. So that's going to be really good for him, for, for the team. Um, I do predict, though, that um, that they're going to probably go – they could have a season similar to 2019, which is around like 12 and 5. And I actually think that they could make the playoffs because I really want Rodgers to win one stick it to Green Bay, and then potentially, you know, come and play for the Pats. He's not yeah, I can go. dream. He's not going to go to New dream. England. He's not going to go. I can there. dream. Yeah, look, for me, uh, it's going to be, look, it's, it's going to be one of the most fascinating seasons, I think, today. You know, one of the things I've learned is, you know, you, you look at this team on paper, and they should win this division. I'm sorry, Alex, they should win this division easily. Um, but it's just not going to happen. You know, whenever you see a lot of noise in and around a camp, um, that just leads to dysfunction on the field. So, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to, to, to bypass some of their recent success. You know, we know Rodgers is a, is a, is a you know, phenomenal quarterback. But, yeah, all of this noise, all of this chaos, I think, will have an impact. So, yeah, some way, somehow, I think that's going to lead to a few defeats along the way. So I've got them predicted around about 11 and 6. I think another important thing for Green Bay is they've got to sort out the contract situation with Devontae Adams. They've got to, you know, make a decision as to what they're doing there for with sure. him. And, um, you know, I guess that transitions us nicely into the season after that, uh, season 2022-2023. 
it's fair to say that Aaron Rodgers will not be a Packer. I, I think that's probably what we've learnt, you know, over the off season. Um, you know, potentially if they go on and win a Super Bowl. But Alex, where do you predict Aaron Rodgers to be after next season? Oh, look, I could see him going back. I could see him going to the 49ers. Uh, I mean, he's a California boy. Um, I could see him kind of going home, if you will. Um, so I could see him going to the 49ers. I think that would be a, a good organization for him. You know, there was rumors that he could go to the Broncos, you know, this year. So, you know, we'll, I guess it depends where he wants to go and what he wants to do and who's going to help him get the personnel around him. So I guess for me, I would say I wouldn't be surprised if you see him at the 49ers. Stacey, uh, where, where do you think uh, Rogers will head? Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of flexibility, you know, the way that in which the, the contract's been uh, restructured. Um, yeah, you know, after a trade, where do you think he'll end up? Look, I, I I would actually kind of put my money on, like, knowing what we know now about the Carson Wentz situation, seeing Rogers in Indy. Yeah, 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 fair point. Yeah, fair point. Um, I think that actually that actually might be a good fit. You know, because, uh, you know, when Rivers went over to the Colts from the Chargers um, and now Carson in with the Colts, like, I haven't had a, a solid, strong quarterback since Andrew Luck. I'd love to see, uh, you know, I'd love to see Aaron, you know, join the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, I just think, uh, I just don't think uh, the universe will allow that to happen. So, Alex, yeah, I'm going to have to go with you. I think the 49ers, um, you can even see him in, in that uniform. I think that would uh, suit, him, suit him quite well. But, um, you know, Trey Lance, I'm sure, is going to have a lot to say um, about that. Okay, guys, and let's move forward to our next segment now, the match where, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, player v player, team v team, position v position, you know, we, we pull two groups together, we, we let them battle it out. Uh, let's check out uh, who we've got competing this week. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, we see the battle of two younger quarterbacks uh, in the competition with uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert taking on Kyler Murray. Stacey, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about Justin Herbert and his rise uh, into the NFL last season. I love this kid. I love this kid. He uh, he came from Oregon, uh, and I love Oregon, um, uh, the Ducks. From like They've got such a, a, a fast-paced offense. Um, and for me, he was the most perfect fit for the Chargers. He's a big body. He's got he's a similar gunslinger type to Rivers. Um, he's got a heck of an arm, and he reminds me a little bit of Drew Brees, like in his stature and his his decision making. Um, so when he started from the, his rookie season from the Ducks, and he just dominated in in his rookie season. You know, he had throwing he was throwing accurate pinpoint bombs over fifty plus yards multiple times. Um, to, you know, an excellent receiving call with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Um, you know, he, they've just picked up a new coach, new head coach with Brendan Starley and the OC from the, his previous OC at the Rams. Um, so he's learning a new, a new system. Um, but this year's going to be massive for him. Alex, uh, you know, Justin obviously hit the ground running there at the Chargers, but it makes you wonder, you know, how, 
you know, how we can sort of miss some of this uh, in our scouting, you know, as we look to, to the draft. You know, all I heard coming into that draft about Justin is, you know, he's so quiet, he's so introverted, you know, he just doesn't really have those leadership intangibles that would see him be successful in the NFL. Oh, look, I think when you look at his scouting report as far as the NFL draft, that was one of the points that was that went against him, right? He was a quiet kind of player. He's a little bit introverted. He didn't really command as much as probably, say, the other quarterbacks that were, that were being drafted in the same league. Um, so... I mean, another thing that, that was a point against him coming in the draft was that he doesn't handle pressure well, right? When he was coming into the NFL. And I think when you have, when you're a young quarterback and you're coming in, you know, you, you've got to learn to handle that pressure. You need to be able to hold your own. And I think what was good about him coming in is that he was already kind of the size of an NFL player. You know, the, the other quarterbacks coming into that time, they're a little bit smaller. Um, you know, they weren't quite, they just didn't have the kind of the same build as an NFL QB, whereas he did, which is why I think he's been able to kind of prove some people wrong. I think and step into that role and be able to sling the ball. I mean, when he was coming in, there was comparisons to him and Carson Wentz um, at, at, in his draft class, you know, which, Knock on wood, he stays healthy. Um, you know, the last thing you want is him going down. But I think, as Stacey said, I think, you know, he's definitely in the right team for him. Um, he's with the personnel he's got around him. I think, you know, with the line that he's got around him, they kind of keep that that pressure off him. So he can sit in the pocket and he can throw the ball. So I think he, he definitely ended up – had he ended up anywhere else, I think maybe we would have seen – where he probably struggled or some weaknesses that may not have been picked up um, prior to the draft. But I think because of where he is and the personnel they have around him on his O-line, um, it kind of, he's able, he's been able to flourish. Stacey, what's your, uh, what's your expectations for him this year? Because, you know, to Alex's point, his ability to sort of remain composed and lead this team is going to be really, really important because as Chargers fans would know more than anyone, this is one of the most frustrating franchises to follow. They just find ways in which to lose uh, football games sometimes. So what's your expectations uh, in terms of Justin Herbert, you know, coming into this season? And do you think that he can sort of turn things around and start to turn some of those close losses into wins? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, and and you know my partner is a is a huge Chargers fan, um, so I see these losses. Herbert threw for thirty one touchdowns last year, which um, you know was was really good, and you know he did save a couple of those games from going really bad. But um, I think now they've had the change of head coach, they've got a new OC, they've got a a new quarterbacks coach working with Herbert, um, and he was the he was the previous quarterbacks coach from the Saints working with Drew Brees. Um, just installing that similar sort of system and, and working on his football IQ. I'm really expecting the Chargers to have a year this year. Like, like don't sleep on them this year. No, that, that's exactly right. It's going to be it's going to be quite an interesting year for Justin. All right, guys, let's have a look at uh, who his competitor is uh, tonight, and that's going to be Kyler Murray. Alex, we'll start with you. Kyler's got a, a very interesting background, and. You know, he, he, he may look a, a little bit similar to, to a couple of plays we've seen in the past, but definitely he has a, a unique skill set um, as a quarterback. Oh, I think him coming into the draft in 2019, he was, a, he was a dual threat quarterback. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that we draft now, like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and these scrambling quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, you know, Kyler Murray, when you look at scrambling quarterbacks, he is top three, top five. You know, he, he can throw the ball, he can run the ball. Right. So he's that threat for opposition where he can sit in the pocket and he can throw the ball. 
Um, when you kind of look at his scrambles for the last, the last two seasons, I think he's had 21 scrambles out of the pocket and only nine sacks out of them. So that's a pretty impressive feat to be able to run the ball and scramble out of the pocket like he does um, and not get touched, right? And he's still going to gain positive yards. He's still going to go and get that touchdown. It's he's- because he's so small, Alex. It's yeah. because he's so small. And that was the issue with him coming in in the draft class that he was coming in at, right? One of the critiques against him was that he was a tiny guy. He is a small player. He's quick. So thinking about thinking about Kyler, so yeah, exactly right. You know, coming into the, the draft, you know, there, there were a couple of players, you know, ahead of him that were a bit undersized, but, you know, Kyler, Kyler is, is quite small. Um, Stacey, it's not the fact that this would have in the past impacted his draft, he wouldn't have got drafted. What's your thoughts on, you know, the undersized quarterback in the modern game? Has, has Kyler sort of set a precedence now for, you know, the ability to kind of, you know, bring in some of these shorter guys, um, you know, if they have the athleticism to, you know, offer some of that dual threat um, ability? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, previously, you know, you wouldn't even get looked at unless you were, you know, 5'11", at least. Um, you know, and there were plenty, plenty good quarterbacks back in the day that should have been drafted, but just simply weren't tall enough. Um, you know, one of the reasons behind that is, you know, they have to stand behind 300 pound, six foot four high linemen. Um, and, you know, it, the physics are that you just can't, you know, players aren't made of glass. You can't see through them. Um, so, you know, from a, at a, as a short quarterback, you have to be adept at reading all levels of the field. So from long to short, but even shorter than that, to see your passing lanes open a lot sooner. Um, because if, if you can't see there, um, then, you know, how are you going to pass the ball there? So you see them scramble a lot, but if they're athletic enough, you know, if you look at him in comparison to Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson has a lot more size. Um, and I think that he's a little bit more agile on his feet, but Kyla has a good solid base, which is why he hasn't taken a lot of sacks. Um, you know, what kills Kyla is the fact that he just makes unforced errors constantly. Um, you know, and, and he knows that. And that's been a product of him trying to, I don't think he was ready, necessarily ready to come into the NFL straight after college. You know, he probably would have done um, a lot better sitting behind someone for a couple of years because I think it's just been the pressures. It's been learning the systems and it's been, you know, working with the rest of his receiving core because, you know, let, let's put it out there. He had um, DeAndre Hopkins playing with him. You know, so like, of, of course, you're going to make those throws when the guy just puts his hand out and the ball just lands in there. Um, you know, so, so for me, you know, the running ability in an agile quarterback adds a different element to the game. Um, and now you can see that split in the NFL where the two types of offenses are really starting to collide. So you're getting all these hybrid sized players. You know, we spoke the other week about Derek Henry. He's a big dude, bigger than your average running back. Um, you know, this this creates a, a mismatch on all sides of the ball, which has to, which means that the game has to change. So, what does it mean for running quarterbacks in the future? Who knows? You could get a five foot ten, you know, ex Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's entirely possible. It's just whether the offense um, will evolve enough to allow that happen, uh, and to what degree the defense can stop that. Alex, um, to Stacey's point, you know, you look at Kyler's game, and it's not just the fact that. He's athletic, you know, technically he, he's one of the most, uh, you know, gifted 
um, athletes on the field, you know, regardless of position, he is that electric. But my question to you is obviously Kyler's rookie contract is fast running out over the next couple of seasons. You know, the franchise is going to have to make a big decision um, on his contract. I guess what they're going to be quite interested in is, yes, he's athletic. Yes, he can run. Um, but, you know, you know, typically when you commit yourself to someone long-term, you, you, you want to do that to, to a complete player and someone that certainly has their passing ability. In your opinion, does Kyler have the the ability and the, and the skill throwing the football to warrant a massive extension? It's going to come down to kind of how he plays over next year and the next next year or the next two years, I think, um, as this kind of contract runs out with Arizona. Um, I think... You know, as Stacey said, he has a lot of unforced errors, right? So he needs to really rein that in, um, and he needs to just be smart as far as his his turnovers go, his errors go. Um, I don't think – I guess it also comes down to what kind of offense Arizona want to run, right? They want to be an offense where they are having their quarterback run all over the field. Do they want to be an offense where they want him to sit more in the pocket? I think if you want a quarterback that's going to sit more in the pocket and wait for stuff to open up, he's not your quarterback. He's not the guy for that, right? So it comes down to what Arizona wants moving forward and can Kyle Murray fill that role? And as Stacey said, you know, should he have – I mean, he had one year at Oklahoma as the star quarterback, right? He spent a year under Baker Mayfield. He had one year um, as the lead quarterback there. He did well. Um, but, you know, I could he have done an extra year? Could he have done a senior year? Probably. It might have given a little bit more experience as a leader. Um, but, you know, who knows? You know, that's, that's a what if, right? He's in the league now. He's been in the league for two years and he's holding his own. But, it will come down to what Arizona want as far as their future offense goes. It's going to be interesting, especially now that we're seeing sort of four and sometimes even five quality young rookie quarterbacks sort of hit the league each and every year. So Arizona, they've already done it once. They've already sort of, you know, swapped in and out. Uh, Josh Rosen, you know, would they do it again? So, yeah, exactly right. It's going to be an important couple of years for Kyler um, as they, you know, keep a close eye on that contract. All right, guys, no sitting on the fence uh, on in the match. We, we've got to choose our quarterback. Um, Stacey, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but but who are you picking for your preferred quarterback? Is it Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray? Oh, I'm definitely down for Herbert. Definitely down for Herbert. He's, you know, he's he's got a high football IQ. He was more agile than Rivers, which adds another element to the Chargers offense. And he's got a higher ceiling out of the two. And he's going to be a, a, a great player for many, many, many years. He's got a longer shelf life than Kyler Murray. Alex? Well, look, I like... Kyler Murray, I think he's an entertaining quarterback to watch. Um, you know, he's that new brand of quarterback that they're trying to bring through, which is Justin Herbert's like that old school kind of sit in the pocket throw kind of quarterback that they have, like like Brady, right? He just sits in the pocket. He's not he's not likely to run. He will if he needs to, but he's more comfortable to sit and throw. So, but for me personally, in the way the football is moving, I think I, I've got to go with Kyler Murray on this one. Yeah, no, it, it it's definitely uh, it, it's definitely a bit of a tough one. Both are so so different. Uh, look, for me, I've got to go with Justin Herbert just for the just for the wins. So you know, a, a lot of the times, fairly or unfairly, I judge quarterbacks on 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 winning. So you know, looking at the two franchises, you've got you know you've got LA Chargers and you've got Arizona. Um, yeah, my expectation is that the Chargers will probably yeah be a little bit more successful, and hopefully that's off the back of a really strong performance from Justin Herbert. But yeah, they've got to figure out ways in which they 
they can uh, close off these fourth quarters, Stacey. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's been a it's been quite a quite a battle for Chargers fans. All right, guys. So with that in mind, let's uh, let, let's move forward now to our final segment and finish off the show with our rapid fire segment. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Okay, and to close out the show in our rapid fire segment tonight, we're going to be uh, yeah looking forward and, and looking to to predict. Uh, the season ahead. Uh, the question I've got for you, Alex, we'll start with you. Which team will be picking at number one in next year's draft? Well, I think they were so close this year, but they ruined it by winning a game. But I think the Jets are going to come in and get that first round pick. You know, unfortunately, yeah, as people said, but they drafted Zach Wilson. Yeah, but they drafted Zach Wilson, right? They've got a young QB leading a young side. So I think they're going to struggle this year to kind of – to, to to pull through, but I think they'll be taking the first round pick next year. Stacy, uh, yeah, same question to you. Who do you who do you think's going to uh, you know struggle uh, in the season ahead, and who do you think will be getting that number one pick? Yeah, look, I have to go with Houston Texans on this one. I mean, they've just had a mass exodus out of out of there. You know, they've got no no JJ Watt. They're struggling right now to fill that spot. You know, Deshaun Watson is just all over the shop. I don't think they know who's coming or who's going at the moment. So um, I, I'm hopefully they hopefully they go bad enough to warrant a good pick and sort of come back a little bit because they were so strong for so long. Yeah, and you've got a feel for the new coach there at the Texans. He's certainly inherited a dumpster fire. Let's call it for what it is. So if he's able to sort of uh, you know avoid that number one pick and and, and have a positive um, season, that will be a, a remarkable achievement um, given the issues. Uh, down there, uh, look for me. It, it's really difficult, um, Stacey. I reckon you're you're pretty close to the money. But if I was to throw a bit of a wild card out there, and I, and I think I, I might cop a, a little bit of flack for this one, but the New York Giants, you know, they're they're, uh, they're quite a, a proud franchise that has always sort of been up there and competing. But yeah, for me, I, I just think that um, you know there's a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones at the moment, and I think injuries have sort of been a little bit problematic for him. Um, so far, and um, I guess the big question mark on them is, can they run the football? Obviously, they missed Saquon Barkley after his injury last year, and um, you know all of all Giants fans are, are sort of crossing their fingers and toes that he's going to you know get through the season um, unscathed. So hopefully, I haven't put a curse on him like I did Carson Wentz, and he gets through quite fine. But yeah, if um, if any anything happens to Saquon again, um, and they're unable to run the ball. I think it just applies too much pressure to Daniel Jones. So for me, yeah, a bit of a wild card is the New York Giants. All right, guys, I think that's all the time we have. I just wanted to thank the panel for uh, jumping in and, and providing all of their insight into all things uh, NFL to our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, uh, please download, subscribe, and remember to tell a friend about our sports network. Until next week, we'll see you then. We won't hesitate to break down the garden You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.